Welcome to the Lightworkers Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Cousins, an embodiment and transformation coach and lightworker in this lifetime. My mission is to help you live an authentic life that is in alignment with your higher self by helping you heal the relationship you have with yourself, food, and your body so you can cultivate self-love, step into your power and confidence, and embody the dream version of yourself. You are inherently wealthy and deserve to attract all of your divine desires. With the advice and tools that me and my amazing guests are going to share with you in every single episode, you will soon be able to start living the life you have always dreamed of. Let's elevate the collective consciousness together, one step at a time. Welcome back to the Lightworkers podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to share a lesson from one of my previous audio courses with you. And in this one, I'm talking about the importance of self-compassion, self-trust and self-acceptance. And I'm going to share some tips with you on how you can start showing yourself more self-compassion, more self-trust and more self-acceptance in your life. I'm really passionate about this topic because I know how hard it is to to show ourselves more compassion. I know that it's easy for us to to feel bad and to beat ourselves up about so many different things and we're so hard on ourselves. Our inner critic is always active and it's really really important that we learn how we can be more compassionate towards ourselves and how we can trust ourselves more and and how we can accept all of who we are without any guilt, judgment or shame. So let's get right into it and I really hope that you enjoy this episode and that you get a lot of value out of what I'm going to share with you. Today we're going to talk about <clears throat> self-trust, self-compassion and self-acceptance. So self-love is intertwined with all of those. So when we love ourselves, we of course also accept ourselves and trust ourselves and show ourselves compassion. So they all go hand in hand and they're all um, interconnected. So let's talk about self-acceptance first. <coughs> so following on... <clears throat> excuse me, very dry throat today. So following on from um, yesterday's lesson about authenticity, um, I would like to talk about self-acceptance first because those go very much hand in hand. So the reason why it is so hard for us to to just accept certain parts of ourselves and to accept ourselves in general is because we have been rejected in the past. So we've already talked about this yesterday when we spoke about the fear of abandonment and fear of judgment and why we struggle to be authentic selves. And I loved reading your responses and I can see that you have struggled with this as well, just like I did in the past. Um, so it's the same with self-acceptance. Um, when we find it hard to accept certain character traits um, or our physical appearance, of course, it's because we have had negative experiences in the past and because we kept hearing over and over again that we need to look a certain way or we need to act a certain way or that we just need to be a certain way in order to be accepted by others. And so we internalize this and start rejecting ourselves in the process 
And then, of course, this is also projected onto others as well. And then we only attract people into our lives who don't accept this either. And please let me know in the chat um, if you feel comfortable sharing with me. But um, <clears throat> I would like to know if you have experienced this before in your life, because I can almost guarantee that you have experienced that, that before, that you at a certain point in your life, you were attracting people into your life that just weren't good for you, that made you feel even worse, that made you feel that you're not good enough, not worth, you're not deserving, not lovable, all of those things. Um, I've experienced this in the past and I, I really have really struggled with that. And I was always wondering, why am I not attracting people that treat me well? And until I figured out it's because I didn't treat myself well in the first place. And so this is very much um, connected if we don't treat ourselves a certain way, how can we expect others to treat ourselves that way if we can't even do it ourselves? And so that just all goes back to the whole reason why it is so important and literally is the most important thing that we love ourselves because we need to establish that deeply, deeply rooted foundation of self-love within us because then we can attract the right people into our lives. And if we don't do that, then we, if we don't if we don't establish that foundation of self love, then we will always be chasing external validation, and we will always rely on others to love and accept us, and we will just always depend on others. And so, as I already said yesterday, I struggled to love and accept myself for many years. I was always an outsider, and I was always the weird one, the odd one out, similar to what you have experienced as well. And I never had many friends at school. And so I was always, um, yeah, like I said, I was just always treated in a different way and ostracized and excluded because I was different. I was seen as different. And yeah, I always, I was just, I was weird. I mean, others saw me as weird. I wouldn't describe myself as weird it depends how you define the word weird so of course weird can mean something different to you than it means to me I don't see weird as a bad thing to me I don't view the word weird as, as something negative um but yeah I was always looked at that because I I had my nose in the book all the time I was a dreamer and I had a very big imagination and so it was hard for me to just focus on on the real world um and I would just live in my own little world and others just didn't didn't accept me because of that. They couldn't deal with that. And I also got bullied in school and this then also triggered my, my eating disorder and all of that. And so I was ostracized and excluded um, from all activities, from birthday parties and from other social activities. And I was just always told that I was not quote unquote normal many times throughout my life. And so I grew up rejecting myself because of that. And I rejected myself being this way. And therefore, I was unable to accept all those parts of myself, those, if you want to call it weird parts. Um, and so this then resulted in me, of course, trying to force myself to change, as I mentioned yesterday, because I just really desperately wanted to be quote unquote normal. And I just wanted to, to fit in and I wanted to be accepted by others. And I just wanted to feel like I belong. And so of course, I could not be my authentic self. Um, I didn't accept myself in the first place and I tried to bury the real Jasmine by by bending myself and trying to be different. And so I was only able to fully accept myself once I ditched my fear of judgment and fear of abandonment. Because this is when I just really allowed myself to first of all get to know myself again and then stay true to myself and embrace who I am 
instead of rejecting it to fit the narrative of others. And I have to say as well that it was very hard for me, especially to accept my physical appearance, um, especially my body. And we are going to talk about this, um, about body image later this week in a different lesson. There's going to be a whole lesson on body image. And so I don't want to take too much away from this already, but accepting our body and our physical appearance is of course part of self-acceptance undeniably. And it's part of overcoming that fear of judgment and that fear of abandonment as well. So if you do have some painful memories of how others treated you in the past, and as you already said, you have, um, similar to me, then if you if you have those memories, those painful memories of being rejected and being treated this way, then I just really want you to know that this wasn't your fault. And also... If you have now grown into rejecting yourself, I want you to know that this is not your fault either. None of this is your fault. And I know this is another thing that is so hard to let go of. And it is something that is blocking us from loving ourselves because we have these feelings of guilt and shame that we have associated with ourselves. And there will be a whole another lesson as well on guilt and shame later this week too, where we'll cover this. But for today, I really invite you to think about everything that you like about yourself and I know this can can be hard especially if you are really really having a hard time with loving yourself or even just liking yourself that's why I choose I chose the word like not love so I really really want you to think about what you like about yourself your skills your talents your character traits any physical features that you have anything literally anything that you like about yourself and then I invite, you, I invite you to think of the flip side. So what are your perceived shortcomings or weaknesses? What are the things that you think you're not good at? What are the things that you don't like about yourself? And then try and reframe them and turn them into strengths, into positives. So for example, if you think that one of your weaknesses is being stubborn, and then turn it into strength and reframe it into being tenacious. And so you can see what I'm doing here. This really enables you to see things from, see things from a different perspective. And it helps you to accept even the parts of yourself that you thought are bad or you perceived as unlikable. And of course, I have to say, this doesn't mean that you cannot improve and grow. Accepting yourself as you are and allowing yourself to be is an act of self-love. Just how acknowledging the areas where you want to improve and grow in is also an act of self-love. Because when you love yourself, you don't allow yourself to stay stuck and stagnant. So if there are any weaknesses that you have that you want to improve, any perceived weaknesses that you want to improve, then you can still accept them whilst acknowledging that you want to improve them. You don't have to choose between one or the other. And this is where we often struggle because we want to change. We so desperately want to change. We want to force ourselves to look different, to act different, to be different. And we are only focused on that one goal, to change. And we hate ourselves in the process. And this is what I see so many people doing and it hurts my heart. And I used to do this as well. And this is really what 
where we struggle with. But that is exactly literally what self-love is about. It's not about forcing change. It's about fully accepting and loving yourself just as you are with all your perceived flaws and allowing yourself to be while simultaneously allowing yourself to grow and become the best version of yourself. That is what self-love is about. And with that comes self-compassion. Self-compassion goes hand in hand. We need, we absolutely need to show ourselves compassion and be gentle with ourselves. And if you're currently struggling with accepting yourself and with accepting your body or, or with accepting certain parts of yourself or with accepting your feelings, then please, please, please show yourself compassion. I know that this is so hard because for us as humans, it's so easy to be hard on ourselves. It's easy for us to be hard on ourselves and it's hard for us to be compassionate towards ourselves. So the first thing that we typically do is to beat ourselves up when we feel a certain way, right? When we struggle, we make ourselves feel even worse than show compassion for ourselves. And it's kind of like we do this on autopilot. And again, the reason why we do this is because we have been conditioned to react this way. So it all goes back to our subconscious again. And I can't go too much in depth about this, unfortunately, because I would be sending you literally at least a two hour long voice message. So I'm just trying to condense the most important things into these lessons. But if you do want to go really in depth into the topic of the subconscious mind and conditioning and subconscious beliefs, I talk about all of this in my online course, which I will talk about more at the end of the week. But to keep it short and sweet and to not go off topic here, it is totally normal to do this. So it's totally normal that we, the first reaction that we have is to make ourselves feel worse, is to beat up, to beat ourselves up. So please, 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 again, don't feel bad about this. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel any shame around this if you do that, because it is normal and you can start showing yourself compassion and you can start doing this today. And please, please, please take it day by day and don't overwhelm yourself because if you do that, you will send yourself down into another spiral of being too hard on yourself. So when you high, have high expectations for yourself, it's very easy to do that, to be hard on yourself. And you don't need to be hard on yourself any more than you already are. So please take it slow and be patient with yourself. Um, because this is really all about rewiring, rewiring your brain and disconnecting from learned behaviors and just conditioning yourself in a new way. And of course, this takes time. It's not going to happen just overnight. But if you take the necessary steps every single day and you stick with it, even if you get it one, if you forget it one day, if that happens, you just start again the next day. You will see progress over time. So please always keep in mind that progress comes from consistency and not from perfection. So, and that was huge for me to realize because as I mentioned yesterday, I used to be such a perfectionist and I still nowadays have to remind myself not everything is perfect. So next time you notice that you're being harsh with yourself or that you engage in negative self-talk or self-loathing or you start to beat yourself up and you start to send yourself down into a spiral, um, if you're being overly critical, if you notice that, just take a moment to stop and breathe. And breathing is a great tool to help yourself to center and ground yourself again and it really helps you release anxiety and stress from your body because 
breathing intentionally, intentional breathing and breath work regulates your nervous system and it, and it activates your parasympathetic nervous system. And our parasympathetic nervous system is the nervous system that relaxes our body. So this will really help you disrupt your thought pattern. So it's extremely helpful when you are going into a negative spiral in your head because breathing this way stops you and breaks that cycle. And I will show you some simple breathing techniques that you can use during our Zoom call next week. So you're going to learn more about that and we can practice it together on our Zoom call. And so after you've done that, after you you did that, you stopped, you, you took a pause, you, you took a step back and you breathe, you were just breathing, intentionally breathing, then you can choose to show yourself compassion. And there are a few ways that you can do that. So you can choose loving thoughts and you can choose to be kind to yourself. So think about, think of what you want to say to a friend in the same situation. So how would you react? What would you say? You wouldn't be harsh to a friend that you love and care about, right? So by playing the scenario in your head, you can help yourself accept the situation and accept your feelings. So you can accept whatever happened that got you to be harsh to yourself. You can accept the disappointment or the pain or the, or the failure. You can help yourself accept it and react it with kindness rather than resentment. So it is really all about replacing your negative thoughts with a self-compassionate internal dialogue. And the reason why a dialogue and not a monologue is because, like I said before, when you imagine that you're talking to a friend, it's going to be easier for your brain and it's going to be easier for you to break out of that negative self-talk and that role because you are imagining yourself talking to a friend. So like I said before, this will take practice, but the more you do this, the more it will become like second nature to you to the point where you will show yourself compassion as a reaction instead of negative self-talk because you will have reconditioned yourself to do this. And of course, this does not mean that you will never once in your life have a negative thought anymore. No, so it's completely normal to have those creep in from time to time, especially because we have been having them for years, even for decades. And also I want to say it's not a bad thing. So I really think we need to um, really distance ourselves from this like black and white and good or bad um, view, worldview that we have, because to have those negative thoughts is not a bad thing. And there should be no shame around having those thoughts. Because when we think that something is bad, we always attach guilt and shame to this. And so just how the light cannot exist without the dark, we cannot exist without our shadow either. And it is not about completely weeding out negative thoughts or about completely blocking out any negativity. It's not it's not about that. It's about being able to identify and to acknowledge them, to acknowledge negative thoughts or negative emotions or any negativity in our life, because then we can refocus and then we can choose to be compassionate to ourselves and we can choose compassionate thoughts. And so our ability to do that is really what self-love and self-acceptance is all about. It's about accepting our emotions and our thoughts and navigating them when they're unhelpful. Because then we can focus on helpful ones instead. And so it's really about recognizing the darkness and shining light on it rather than trying to completely get rid of the darkness because that is 
impossible because we need both. And so in the process of getting to that point, it's important that you trust yourself. Even if you have never done anything like this before, and even if you don't have to prove just yet that it will work. So you need to trust yourself that it will work and you need to trust yourself that you're going to keep showing up for yourself, especially on days where it seems hard, especially on days where you think like you cannot do this. This is very important. And that brings me to the next topic, self-trust, because self-trust is one of the main pillars of self-love. So when you build a foundation of self-trust, you know that you will always be okay. So this goes hand in hand with what I just said. You have to trust yourself in the process when you're reconditioning yourself to be more compassionate towards yourself. And you have to trust yourself. You have to trust that you're going to be okay, that you're going to be fine. And when you have this foundation of self-trust, you internally, intrinsically know that you will always be okay no matter what. No matter what happens in your life, you will be okay. But what, what is self-trust? What, what, what even does that mean? Does it mean that we can just trust ourselves all the time and to always have all the answers to everything and, and always know what is right? No. Of course, self-trust is not about that. It's not about knowing everything and always being right and always being able to predict the outcome. It's, it's quite the opposite. It's it's not trusting yourself to know all the answers. And it's about knowing that you will not always have all the answers or not always do the right things. Self-trust is having the inner conviction. Really, really important. It's about having the inner conviction that you will be kind and compassionate and respectful to yourself regardless of what happens. Which brings me back to what I just said it's about knowing that you will always be okay no matter what because, and the reason why you know you will always be okay is because you know you have all the tools within yourself to deal with everything that happens, with every experience, with everything that comes your way. Because you know that you will be kind and compassionate and respectful to yourself regardless of what happens, regardless of which decisions you make, regardless of the outcome of a certain situation, regardless of your actions, regardless of whether you make mistakes, no matter what happens, you will treat yourself with kindness and compassion and you will be okay. And so you trust yourself that you will pick yourself back up again. This is self-trust and this is what self-trust is about. And so self-trust, again, is very much tied to being an integrity, to being authentic, because when we are, when we are grounded in self-trust, when you are grounded in self-trust, you are confident in who you are and you're confident in your choices, in your core values and moral principles. And you know exactly what you stand for and what you believe in. And so you're not overly dependent and you can very much differentiate between your own views and beliefs and someone else's. And most, most importantly, you have cultivated the ability to learn from your experiences, from all your experiences from ones that you perceived as good and ones that you perceive as bad because you can trust yourself that you won't punish yourself immediately when you make mistakes or when something happens to you that you perceive as negative so you won't find immediate fault in yourself as a response and you won't resort to self-punishment and fear and I know that this is so so common 
And again, I used to do the same. So for me, self-punishment as a response was such a big problem. I had this for a long time. This is also why I struggled with eating, with food, why I had my eating disorder, why I also um, I struggled with self-harm for a long time as well. And it was so hard for me to unlearn that because I had conditioned myself for so many years to punish myself. So whenever something happened in my life, literally the littlest things, the tiniest little things, someone said something about me, someone made a comment about me, someone gave me a certain look, I internally punished myself because I, my first reaction was, oh my God, this is happening because you're not good enough. You don't look good enough. You are not enough. You are not worthy. You are not likable. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And then I had this urge to punish myself in any way I could. And I know that this is so common because, again, like I said before, we are conditioned and we just internalize this as a response to when something happens to us. We cannot do anything else but to just lash out on ourselves. And really, it, was, it took me a while to completely unlearn that behavior. And to recondition myself. So like I said earlier, when just then when we talked about self-compassion, it is not something that happens overnight. And for me, it was such an important factor that I said to myself, I will keep going. Even I didn't see, I didn't see progress. And I still said to myself, I'm going to keep going because I know I'll be okay. And I will be able to stop doing this to myself. Because at that point, I had already luckily realized that I don't deserve this. And there's no reason for me to act out on myself and to lash out on myself. And so just by keeping on going, that's how I could condition myself to show myself compassion when I was resorting to self-punishment. And also... What goes hand in hand with that as well is if you have self-trust, this is something that I realized, when you have self-trust, you are not living in fear. So like I just said, in my in my personal um, experience, for me, I was just constantly living in fear. And again, this goes back to what we said yesterday, I was constantly living this fear of being abandoned, of being rejected, of being judged. And of course, when you live in fear, you're constantly trying to protect yourself out of fear that something will happen to you, of something that will happen that will shatter and break you. But when you have a strong foundation of self-trust, you know that you may bruise, but you're unbreakable. So you know you will never break because you will learn from all your experiences and you will grow from them, no matter if they're good or bad, if you perceive them as good or bad. Because again, good or bad can mean different things to, to you or to me or to everyone else. Um, so it always depends how, how we define good and bad. Um, that's why I keep saying perceived. So no matter if you perceive any experience as good or bad, you will grow from them and you will learn from them. And this really opens you up to getting out of your comfort zone and to do things that are unfamiliar, to do things that might be risky or uncomfortable because you know you'll be okay no matter the outcome. And so this really, really, really helped me as well because I had a hard time with getting out of my comfort zone. But I knew I had to because... I wanted to see change. And if, if I wanted to see change, I, there was no way for me that I could have kept going 
doing the same actions, so acting the same way, having the same behavior, having the same thought patterns, nothing was going to change. So I had to get out of my comfort zone. I had to start doing things differently. And of course, this is uncomfortable. This is unfamiliar. And we don't know the outcome. And so when we trust ourselves and when we know we'll always be okay, we are able to do this. And it helps eliminate regret because how often in life do we not do something because we're scared? Because it is uncomfortable, because the outcome is unpredictable. And then later on in life, we look back and we ask, what if? Because we live in regret and then we live in the past. And then this again blocks us from being present and from focusing on moving forward in our life. And so, again, it's very similar to what we talked about yesterday. Um, it's the reason why we struggle so much with self-trust is because we have been conditioned this way. So everything is about conditioning. I know I keep repeating myself, but it really always comes back to that, to our subconscious mind, to our the way that we were conditioned from a very, very young age, because we have learned that it is not safe to trust ourselves. We have learned that we should not listen to our intuition or to our instinct, and that we need to listen to what others say. We need to listen to their opinions and views and beliefs and advice, and that we should ignore our guts. And yeah, that we just, we can't believe in ourselves because we can't do things right. And so this is all stored in our subconscious. And, and that is the reason why we find it so hard to trust ourselves, especially when it comes to decisions. Um, but as I said earlier, you can start reconditioning yourself and you can create self-trust by following through with what you say and by sticking to your word. That is very important. The more you do that, the more you will create that trust in yourself because you show yourself that you can rely on yourself and you show yourself that you show up for yourself every day, no matter what, no matter if it's hard, especially when it's hard. And so what you can do to create self-trust is to set a task for yourself every single day. It can be any task, anything, and you follow through with it. And I know this sounds so simple and so basic, but you will be surprised what a difference this will make for you. There were countless, countless of times, so many times when I said, I'm going to do something today or tomorrow, and then I didn't. And I felt so bad for not following through with what I said. And we all know what this feels like, especially when it comes to certain tasks that we're dreading. We push them away, don't we? We, we put them off for such a long time. And then this only adds to anxiety. And then we feel guilty that we have done that. And then we beat ourselves up about it. But if we just do it and we get it out of the way, we feel so accomplished. We feel proud of ourselves. And there's just this whole weight that's been lifted off our shoulders. And so if you just set one simple task for yourself every single day that you follow through with, you are going to slowly but surely build up your true self-trust because you know you're not flaky with yourself. And you know you make a promise to yourself and you keep it. And this is so, so powerful because... You need to be able to rely on yourself. And it is really so powerful to be able to know that you can rely on yourself. Because if we can't rely on ourselves, then again, we look to sources outside of ourselves and we look to other people that we can rely on, which is a very dangerous thing to do. Um, and I know I'm I'm almost going over time here, so I'm, I'm going to try and wrap it up. But another thing... Um, that I just want to quickly talk about is how you can start to build up the trust to listen to your intuition. So I know this is not easy for some people um, because for some people it's easier, for some people it's harder. So it really depends on how well you're connected to your intuition and 
if you even know how to identify it. Um, there's so many different different definitions for intuition, how you can identify it and pinpoint it and and also um, the the difference between intuition and ego because both are very similar. And so again, uh, unfortunately, I can't talk about this now because I'll be, I'm already going over time, um, but I talk about this way more in my online course. Um, but I just want to quickly share one thing that you can do if you struggle to listen to intuition. So um, one thing you can do, you can observe how your body reacts when you are trying to make a decision. So really just pinpoint what sensations do you feel? Do you feel something in your stomach, um, in your chest? Where do you feel something? Next time when you make a decision, really observe the first feeling that you get in your body, a physical sensation, and how it makes you feel. Does it make you feel nauseous? Does it make you feel anxious? Does it make you feel tight? Um, does your body tighten up or does it make you feel good and excited? So this will be a really good baseline for you to know whether the decision is in alignment with you or not. And also another thing that we often just don't consider is when it comes to self-trust um, is that we have certain habits that just undermine our self-trust. So this mostly happens again subconsciously um, because of past experiences that we that we have. This is what it all, always boils down to is our, our subconscious and our past experiences. So for example, um, just to illustrate what I mean by that is I used to have a habit of always, always double and triple and even quadruple checking what I had done just to make sure that I was doing everything correctly. And I was doing this even though deep down I knew that there was no, literally no reason for me to do this. So when I traveled somewhere, I always checked my bags and suitcases about five times to make sure I didn't forget something, even though I knew I packed everything I needed and just checking one time should have been fine, right? Um, but I still had, I, I just, I had this habit of checking again and again and again, just out of fear that I had done something wrong. And I had this until very, very recently, actually, because it is such a common habit that we have with so many things that we just don't even think about. And we don't just think about how this can actually impact our ability to trust ourselves. Um, so it's very common that we just check ourselves, check, check things that we do to make sure that we're doing it right. And of course, there is a big, big difference between intentionally making sure that we're doing everything correctly. So for example, proofreading my content is very necessary for me, but it is enough to do that once. And there's no reason for me to do it three times or four times or even more, um, because this would stem from a lack of self-trust. And so I, I really invite you to look at your habits and routines and see if you have any that are so second nature to you, just how I described it, how it was for me to do that. Um, and if you have any habits that are so second nature to you, that clearly undermine your self-trust. Just look at that. And, and I mean really anything. So double and triple checking everything you do out of fear, you mess something up. Um, checking your emails multiple times um, in an hour out of fear that you missed an important email or going over your to-do list multiple times to make sure you, you already checked off the task that you know you completed. So little things like that. And then really allow yourself to trust yourself more and more every day. So for instance, um, when I realized that there was no need for me to check my bags and my suitcases literally five times before traveling somewhere, before leaving the house, I started checking them once. And if I still had feelings of anxiety, which happened quite often, um, if I still had those, this anxious feeling that I had forgotten something and this urge came up for me to check again, I literally took a step back to breathe and ground myself again. And to remind myself that I had already checked and made sure I had everything I needed and that it's all fine and that there's literally no need for me to check again and 
that I can trust myself on that. So that's what I did. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to wrap up here now and I'm going to put the integration soul work for lesson two in the chat now. So I look forward to your takeaways and to your insights from this lesson. And again, as yesterday, feel free to share in the chat uh, what we've journaled on, if you feel called to and if you feel comfortable sharing. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to tomorrow's lesson, day three, lesson three. Tomorrow we're going to talk about self-care. So we're going to talk about emotions, emotional regulation, um, how you can be comfortable with your emotions and with the discomfort of sitting in uncomfortable emotions, how you can navigate them and process them and release them. And we're also going to talk about healthy boundaries. So it's going to be very, very, very good. And I'm very excited to talk about it. So I hope you have a nice rest of the day and I will speak to you tomorrow. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and if you get a lot of value out of this podcast then you would absolutely make my day if you could leave me a five-star rating so that my content is able to reach even more people who need it. Thank you so much for all your support, love and light to you and I'll see you in the next episode.